See, now you got me talking. Uh, now you got my, now you got my East Coast. Where you get from? Don't get that started, Scott, because we do it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Gamble's Green Room. I'm your host, Mike Gamble, bringing you the people you need to know with the stories you want to hear. Today, I'm joined by another great friend of mine from the LA crew. Uh, he's been seen in feature films like In the Heights and La La Land. Uh, he's worked with artists like Tony Braxton, Miley Cyrus, Madonna, Adam Madonna. Lambert, right? And then, actually, and then most recently, he is known as the creative head behind the beauty that's happening with the artist Kim Petras. Oh, we're going to get right. (laughs) I know my stuff. I know my shit. We're talking about that. (laughs) We're going to get to all that. Please welcome my boy, Mr. Noel Bahandas in the house. Bahandas. Bahandas. I'm trying to fix my my cat's blanket behind me. (laughs) That's a little crazy. So what's up, awesome. boo? How you been? <laughs> I've been fabulous. It's been so long, Mike. So Dude. long. So I've been a Sweden for 13 years. I can't even remember, actually, if we've seen each other on one of my guest appearance trips, but we've stayed in touch, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this makes all the more for the more stories we have to share. Well, and catch no, I, I've been here. I've been here 14 years. It'll be now 15 in April in LA. So imagine, you know, it's 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 been a while. Wait, so we wait, wait, wait. So we met like right when you moved there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, how long, that's how long it's been. But then, you know, we haven't reconnected in the physical form. Not in the physical in, form. Since then, you know, we've kind of just messaged each other and, you know communicated from via virtual right well I, i've seen i've seen all the videos you posted all the choreographies we're going to talk about that janet throb in a little bit <laughs> living that's the one honey hey listen okay okay don't hurt nobody number one you're in this we're going to get into it a little bit but i was like why in his little ass small ass oh okay he working them out so if the spaces that's up oh, and then i sort of was like i got it he Listen, I, okay, so let's so let's start at the very beginning. Let's go back to the begins. You're from the East Coast, the quote unquote tri-state area, New Jersey, New York. I am born Where? and raised in Hope, Hoboken, raised in Union City, oh, and right. uh, you know, based in New York. All right, all right. Did you? Where did you get into your dance? Was it the Jersey side or was it the New York side? See now you got me talking. Uh, now you got my now you got my East Coast. Where you get from? Don't get that started, Scott, because we do it. <laughs> We've been here for five you know, minutes. Shit, here we go. That shit never leave you. That shit will never leave you. It is great. <laughs> it is great in you. <laughs> oh wow, that was funny for me. No. All right, so um, well, no, I started dancing in. Um, Funny enough, I'm the only boy, uh, I was the only boy for a while in my family. So I was raised with a bunch of women. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom, my, uh, my aunts, my grandmother, my aunt had three girls. And so we were all raised together. And um, my brother, uh, my brother was born when I was six. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but everybody, everybody in my family danced, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. So it's like, yeah. it's, we, we, we cook and we dance, you know, that's what we do. We celebrate <laughs> and, we, you know, that's, that's all we so do. Honey, you know what that is. You yeah. know? <laughs> if you're black, if you're Latin, that's what you do. <laughs> you know, and so we, yeah, I was just kind of part of what we did. And, um, you know, I did, uh, 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 theater in school when I was a kid and, um, you know, and because I was the only boy for a while, um, my aunt would have me dance with my cousins. So like, she would just part of me up, you know, my, my aunt was a big club head when she was younger. And, uh, you know, she, she just brought that sort of world into our home. Mm-hmm. And so she was always playing disco and you know and all the all the salsa merengue tracks and mm-hmm. you know and and so she would always partner me up with my cousins and i hated it i'm like stop it stop doing this to me like i don't want to dance with my cousin but <laughs> she would make me partner with my cousin and dance and you know and as much as i would complain about it i i loved it we loved it it's what we did mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what my mother and my father used to do uh small salsa competitions in jersey when they were, uh, when they met too. So, you know, it's kind of in the family. It's in the family lineage. I'm the one that took it seriously, you know, Mm. and uh, just kind of went with it. Um, Are you the only one? Okay, wait, so you have, you have a brother who's six years younger than you. I have a younger brother who's, I'm 39 now, so he's 30, he'll be 32 in December. Okay. Um, And he's a chef. It's funny enough because I went to school to be a chef and then, you know, I ended up dancing and he's now a chef. Okay, hold on. <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, I didn't know that." <laughs> I did not know that. Is it mm-hmm. just you? Is it just you and your brother as siblings? My brother and I from my mother's side. Okay. Uh, and then I have a half sister from my father's side. Okay. Because yeah. you were saying you were the you were the only boy for us, so all the cousins were all girls and stuff. All girls, and then you know, again, it was my mom, my aunt, my grandma, my aunt's right. girlfriend at the time. You know, it was just one big old happy. You know. All right. And you're and you're the only one out of everyone that you were partnered with out of your cousins to take it seriously. Yes. Okay. I I, I don't even know how to jump this. Talk because <laughs> you threw me off with the you threw me off with the chef shit. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I've always wa- I've always wanted to be a chef. You know, again, because because of food. That's what you grew up with. The music and cook at home. Yeah. You know, for me. Food was life. You know, I just, I, I would always watch my mom cook and, um, and because here's the thing too, you know, and I don't know if, if you can relate to this, but also being, I was the oldest boy in the family. And so I was pushed, uh, harder than everybody else in my family Mm -hmm. in the sense where I had to get straight A's. I had to graduate high school. I had to go to college. And so for me, I feel like there was this unwritten uh, plan for me to change the narrative in my family Mm -hmm. Uh, in that sense. You know what I mean? Like this is what, you know, nobody really, my aunt went to college, but she ended up modeling at the, you know, afterwards, but uh, it was, you need to change. I, I feel like they're all kind of like gathered together as a family was like, we need to push him. He needs to be the one that changes. The <laughs> he needs to 
you know, and so I kind of got the, the, the harder end of the stick, mm-hmm. um, because I was always pushed to, you know, succeed in that, in that way. And so for me, like, yes, I love to dance and I watched MTV. You know, I, I, my mom said my two favorite TV stations was Cartoon Network and MTV. You know, that's all I I would mimic dances left and right. That's how I taught myself how to dance, how mm-hmm. to learn choreography, pick up choreography, kind of create that, uh, understand how to create my own choreography. Um, I would have all my classmates do it with me, but my focus was I need to go to school. I want to be a chef. I worked at a restaurant in high school uh, to kind of get myself into that. And then I went to Johnson and Wells University in Providence. Providence. Yes. I, I was going to, yeah. I was, that's one of the most known chef schools on the East coast. So, yeah. So Emerald Garci, who, uh, if, uh, he was the, the Italian, uh, guy in food network and he would go bam you remember yeah. that guy that so yeah he went, i was a big fan of him uh uh when food network was popping back in the day mm. and uh he went to that school and oh. so i said i need to go to that school and he, that was the only school i applied to and then when i got in and uh and then i my i started my journey to be a chef i joined a dance crew in college as well um but then college was expensive and mm-hmm. so this is kind of how everything shifted because I had an entire plan for 18 years of my life for as long as I can remember, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to be. And then I, I did my first trimester and then I owed about 10 grand. So when I went to re-register for my second trimester, they were like, well, you can't continue until you pay this $10,000 that I magically just, they thought that I could magically just pop out of my pocket and go here. And so I spent about a week trying to find the money to continue, but then I couldn't. So I came back home to Jersey, started mm-hmm. working at Pathmark, uh, pushing carts and, and working the register until I got back to school. There was a girl there that, uh, that I worked with. And she goes, hey, do you dance? And I was like, yeah, I like to dance. And she goes, well, you want to come to New York and, and see this company that I'm a part of? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So I went to the city with her and I saw this company and uh, fell in love and joined it. And I, again, I was only doing that to kill time until, you got until I got school. to school. Mm-hmm. And I'm still killing time. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing time and killing choreographies. So I'm just saying. Right. You know, and, you know, and I still love to cook, but that's kind of, you know, when like shit in your life happens for a reason. You know, this is why I'm a, I'm a, I, I, I've become such a firm believer that everything in life happens for something, whether you accept it or not, whether it's something that you want to happen or not, you know, it's, it's, it's doing it for a reason. And so uh, I always say that, you know, I pursued culinary as a, as a career, but dance fell on my lap. Like my life was already pre-written before I even knew it. And and it just kind of, it, it, it threw me in a loop when I couldn't go back to school, but then I ended up really finding the thing that made sense to me, mm-hmm. which was dance. And it's, yes. it's the thing that I've done my entire life. Uh, I just never really, you know, put my finger on it until that happened. How old were you when uh, you found this crew? So 18. Mm-hmm. It was KR3Ts. It was in Harlem. And uh, that was the name of the company, KR3Ts. It, mm-hmm. it stood for Keep Rising to the Top. Hey. And our yeah, and our company director was Violet, and um, yeah, it was just a, a nonprofit 
in Harlem and uh, on 107th and Lexington. It was around the corner from the original 106 in Park. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, we did everything from salsa to merengue to house to hip hop. And, you know, we would do local shows around the city and we would do our own fundraising shows. And, and I was like, I kind of like this. <laughs> and, uh, and I realized, I think at that point, I realized how good I was on it, at, at doing that. And, uh, and mind you, I've done theater in high school. I've right. done, um, you know, I, I did talent shows. I did all that. You know, I was the dancer in school, mm-hmm. but never really in my mind was the dancer. Right. Because you thought you were going to be a chef. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. You know, for me, it was always fun. Dance was always fun. It was just part of my life. I never, you know, and because I was never pushed to believe that that was something that I can do as a career, you know, I never really pursued it. Uh, even though I think in the back of my mind, it was a fantasy of mine, of mine, but mm. never reality. And, uh, and then it just kind of happened. And- so well, was, was there a turning point or a changing moment that set you off to like, this is my new career path? Or did, was it just, you just kept stumbling into new experiences and new, you know what I mean? Well, I don't know if there was a turning point. I think when I, when I found this company in the city, it kind of made it feel real. And again, I was still being uh, pushed to go to school. Like my, my family was pissed. Like, well, <laughs> you, you got to stop this shit. You got to sign back to school. Like that, that's it. You're killing enough time going. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was working just so I could make it to the city and pay for my classes. Just, you know, it just kind of became, that started to become my, my, my habit, my normal now on a day to day, get up, go to work, go to rehearsals, you know, do this. And, and school just wasn't even, it just slowly, little by little just started going away. Which is funny um, because the original reason why you started working was to get the 10,000 to get back in school. Just to go back to school. And then it just happened. And then um, my company director knew Lumi D. So mm-hmm. remember Lumi D? Uh-oh! So, uh-oh! Right, so she had just come out with Uh-oh. And Uh-oh was blowing up. The song of the summer, 2003. Yep. And, uh, and she knew my company director. Because uh, Lumi lived a couple of blocks from where she grew up, a couple of blocks from where my uh, my company was. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, so I have the song, blah, 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 and I need some dancers for the show. And so we did a show uh, somewhere in Queens. And... Um, and then we did the music video and then we went on tour. She took us on, on to tour in Europe for three weeks. So I was 19 turning 20 going on tour with Lumi for three weeks in Europe. I had to get my passport uh, expedited just so then I can go because we were leaving in a week. What? And um, yeah, so I got it, you know, I got it done. And um, a good friend, a friend of mine, remember Coro? Where, um, where are you to not my love? Yeah. So his manager, AR, was also friends with Violet. We became friends and he took me to go to the post office to get my, uh, passport done. And, you know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten my passport that quick and, uh, went on tour with Lumi for three weeks. And I think that's the moment where that could have been maybe the turning point. Cause I, for the first time I'm making money dancing, I'm seeing the world for the first time. And, uh, 
And I think that was the first time that my mother, my family said, oh, I think he's not joking. I think he might be school, good. Guys. We know he's good, but he actually yeah, I don't think he's bad at my school, guys. And, uh, <laughs> and then it just, I think that was really the moment where I said, this is it. I'm doing this. And uh, I'm still so, doing it. <laughs> and still do, and doing it well. When uh, speaking to Queens, she was representing Queens. I was representing Queens. She was raised out in Brooklyn. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that song I think originally was for Nas. What? Nas is from Queens. But, yeah. Um, uh, LL Cool J wasn't. So that beat was originally done, I think, for Nas. But then and I read it somewhere. But then he didn't want it. So then LL Cool J took it. But then he decided not to change the the lyrics to it. I thought so LA was from Hollis Queens. No, that's Run DMC. No, I thought LA was from there as well. I read it somewhere that uh. it was for somebody, but then he took it. And anyway, hey. fun fact. Look I it guess. up, y'all. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. So what happened when you came back from tour with Lumi? What was next? Um, Going back to the Al Kuja thing, it was yeah. the, you know, when it goes, you know, it was the back chant that said Brooklyn. Yeah. That part. So, uh-huh. yes, I was from Queens, but the beat said Brooklyn, but he kept it that way, even though he wasn't from Brooklyn. Ah, uh, okay. There you go. Boom. Boom. Got it. Connected. Um, <laughs> Sounds like singing in my head. <laughs> uh, no, after Lumi, we came back, and uh, I think I left the company about maybe six months later. Um, and then I started taking classes in the city. Uh, I joined another company called Cybright Productions. Mm-hmm. And um, then I really got to meet a lot more people. You know, being with, with, with starting, you know, when I started dancing in New York and being part of that company and also with Cyberite, I got, a, I got connected with, with the right people. Stretch, Marjorie, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Marvelous, Tanisha. Um, you know, there was just uh, specs. Like there was just so many people that were involved with them that, that they connected us with. And so, so many dope OG dancers and choreographers and teachers, uh, that I had the opportunity to, to vibe with at such a young age, um, and open up myself. I was like, what is this? You know, my whole world was just music videos and mm-hmm. fucking, you know, award shows. You know, I didn't know who was doing these things. I just saw them. And yeah. then when I started seeing the ones that were, you know, meeting the people that were doing these, I was like, oh, my mind was blown. Uh, and so, yeah, I started taking classes in the city and joined the Cyberite and we did more shows. And um, and then I signed with Clear in 2005. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of when things started happening more. I went to that, I don't remember going to a fucking Destiny's Child audition when they came out with Can You Keep Up? Mm-hmm. Baby Boy, that album. And... They had that massive, it was that, that reunion that they had, and they had this massive audition. And it was my first time ever going to an audition. And I remember having the illest migraine, and the line was around the corner in the middle of the city. And I think I had made it to like the last 15 guys. There was probably about 300 people in that room. And, uh, and Eric Negron, I don't know, do you know Eric Negron? Uh, I mean, one of the, he used to be with Kara3Ts too, my old dance company, but by far, he's one of the illest male dancers 
I've ever seen in my entire life. And still to this day, he's untouchable. And um, his mom was uh, sort of his, like his manager. Like she kind of took him to the auditions and this and that. But she saw something in me and she goes, I know, you know, I know you don't have an agent, but I get all the emails from the agencies when there's auditions. So she was, she was feeding me all of the auditions, all the audition info um, for Destiny's Child, for uh, Mario, when mm-hmm. Ceci Nolita choreographed for them. Um, you know, and she would just send me to these auditions and I wasn't represented. But she would be like, just say you were clear talent. You know, so I was right that I was with clear talent, even though I wasn't. And, uh, and that kind of led for me to go to the clear talent audition. They knew who I was because of her. Mm-hmm. And then I got signed and then that just kind of, you know. Got it. Uh, yeah. But I owe a lot to her. Her name is Marie. I owe so much to her because she got me to do my first headshots. She, you know, was giving me all these audition, all the audition info, where to go to the city, who to say I'm represented by, what to wear. You know, I was kind of, because we were, we were with the company. It wasn't, we weren't really, it was great. And we got the experience, but we were also really weren't, we were kind of held in. We weren't really mm-hmm. allowed to take out the class. We weren't really allowed to audition. It was like, you're in the company, stay in the company. And so when I finally went out and I started doing this, it was, um, it was a mind fuck because in my head, I was like, I was missing this for so long. And, uh, and so many pieces that I'm, I, I wish I had already prepared, but luckily Marie was there to kind of help me and guided me through all of that, which was awesome. You know? It's this, for those that have listened uh, once, twice, three times, 42 times, whatever many times. It's really interesting because for so many people, the, as, as you already said it, no, like you had, you had a plan, but your destiny was already chosen for you. Like the universe kept putting you in the places you need to be like yeah. you, you going to the, you going back to work at Pathmark and this girl's like, Oh, do you want to dance? Okay. Join me. And then from there you go into New York and you start, like you said, you met specs, you met Marjorie, you met all these people. You had no clue who they were and what they were doing in the industry, but everything that you loved had to do with them. And then now you're in it. And then, so yeah, you just, you're, you're another, you're another example of, we might have our own plans, but life has plans for us. And that's what's going to come right. out. You can't right. have you, know, and you just have to believe in what you have. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time, I, I, I knew what I possessed as a, as, a, as a person that loved music and loved to dance. And, uh, and I, was always very, I was always a very passionate human or whatever I did, you know, whether it was cooking, whether it was dancing, whether it was, you know, whatever it was like, there was, there was this, living, breathing, uh, passion inside of me that just kind of drove me to all these things. And, um, and at the end of it, you just have to believe in everything that you're about. And if there's just something that feels that, uh, profound mm-hmm. in you, then, you know, you just got to go for it. And right. I think that that was, uh, that was a, a big thing for me. It was like, I just went for it. I was never scared of doing it. I just kind of went. And it was very mm-hmm. easy for me. My, like dance has always been extremely easy for me. Nice. Which is, you know, 
I mean, it's 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 wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful, you know. Uh, 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 it's a walk in the park for me, where some of, where some other people have to drill and train and and still don't get to that level, even yeah. after twenty years of training. We need medicine, but it's you know. So I don't take any of that shit for granted. Mm-hmm. I don't take any of that for granted, and. You know, you're right. It's it's when it's meant for you, it's meant for you. You just have to, uh, you gotta allow yourself to see it. Allow yourself to fall into it. That's it. You have to stop trying. So so many people still, you know, we've we've all done it, but like something. How can how can I how can I say this? You have an idea like, okay, I'm going to go be a chef. And that's all you're focusing on is being a chef. But life keeps throwing these little dance gigs your way. Or let's say like, I want to be an accountant. So you just do everything you can uh, to do whatever you think you need to do. But life keeps throwing you, oh, here, you like this food. You should go to this restaurant. Oh, you should travel to this place, do this. And you're like, why is this food always coming into me? I like, I, I love numbers. I should be doing this. And it's like, no, boo. You love that, but this is what you should be doing. And then finally you wake up and allow yourself to fall into the pattern of, you know what? Maybe this is what I should be doing. And then you do it. You're like, oh my God, what the hell was I doing before? Why did, why did, why did I, why did I not allow myself to come into this before? (laughs) What was, what was I thinking? What would my life been like if I never took that chance to just, so, you know what? I'm going to try it one time seeing it's always in my face. Right. Right. And you know, it's funny because it's like also, you know, I teach a lot of kids too. And so I always ask, uh, you know, the teenagers, I go, you know, how many of you want to dance for a living? And I saw there could be 20, 30 kids in a room and five would maybe raise their hands. And the rest, I go, what are you doing here? Like, what do you want to do? And they're like, I want to be, I want to be a lawyer or I want to be an accountant or I want to be. And I go, then what are you doing? I goes, I just love dance. And I, and I think that just, as being an artist in general, mm-hmm. it, there's, you learn so many things, uh, so many valuable lessons being an artist that sprinkle mm-hmm. into anything in life. You know, whether what, you know, the, the amount of discipline that you learn as, a, as an artist, the amount of self-discipline, not only that, you know, um, focus, uh, physical uh, activities, like it's just dealing with rejection. Shot, uh, Dealing with rejection, uh, you know, and it's like uh, hand, body, eye coordination, um, you know, attention to details, you know, all those things that we do as artists, whether you're a painter, whether you're a dancer, whether you're a musician, you know, there's just so much focus and discipline in that, that, you know, I, as I'm questioning them, this, I realized I go, this is only going to help you, you mm-hmm. know, and good for you that you're doing this and you're doing this for you know, 15, 16, 17, 17, 18 years of your, of your life to go into jump into something else. Um, and then sometimes I, you know, the ones I do want to dance, I go, maybe you should be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you should, maybe you should go. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> maybe you guys should talk to each other. You, no, but you know what? I, you know, it's, it's, you know, and they don't realize it now until later. And that's the thing, like even, now I've realized how much as an artist and you get, it's like, mm-hmm. it's what you learn. And, you know, one thing that I've learned as a, as a dancer and, as, and being in this is the amount of self-discipline you have to have, the amount of self-discipline you have to have for this kind of shit, 
because ain't nobody telling you to get up to do this. Ain't nobody right. telling you, you know, you gotta, it, 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 there's nobody telling you this kind of shit, you know, what to do and how to do. You just have to do it and you wake up. And if you want to do it, you have to put yourself in that position on your own. You know, you're not in the fucking military where they're waking you up at three, 4 a.m. to do your job. You have to do it on your own. Right. And so, you know. And you have to stay on point yourself to be able to do your job. Yes. Yes. You know, and so there's, and I always, I said the self, you know, I always tell my kids that self-discipline is important, you know, because if you don't have it, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You know, you can't expect people to always tell you to fucking, you know, to do your job or do it right or, you know, and, and, and when you have somebody tell you to pull up, you know, there's an issue. (laughs) I was just, I was just about to say as a choreographer, if I have to beg, plead and make you do what I need you to do, I'm never going to use you again. Like I'm hiring you on the spot, actually. (laughs) Tony, if you're listening, my, my, my friend, Tony, we went to school together. Uh, she did a choreo. She <laughs> will never forget this moment. It was one of her first epic pieces that she did, and people just weren't doing what she needed to do. She's like, "I don't really know what the problem is. If you can't step up, step out." <laughs> That's it. This you know it. what I tell people? I know this, the way I'm going to say it is even worse. I go either either pull in or pull out. Yeah. No, actually, no. I saw either pull up or pull out. Yeah. Pull up or pull out. That's it. And I tell them, I was like, you gotta pull the fuck up. And I always tell if, if anybody, whether they're they're whether they're my students, my young students, or whether they're you know dancers that I'm working with on a professional in a professional space, the worst thing anybody could ever tell you is to work harder. I'd rather you talk about my mama than tell me that I got to work harder. <laughs> and that is, that is like, I'll get over the fact you talk about my mom, but if you when you tell me on a personal level, you got you got to pull up, you got to work. The embarrassment and the, 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 it's, it's, again, it goes back to self-discipline. It's like, there's one, there's there's one thing somebody telling you or correcting you or saying, here, try this or try that. That's different. You're learning something. That's as a student, as a teacher, it's like, you're learning something. But when somebody tells you, Mike, you got to do your job better. (laughs) Ooh. And it stings. It It does. It's, it's thing. Don't ever let anybody tell you to do your job better. Don't ever let anybody tell you to work fucking harder. Don't ever tell anybody to tell you to pull up. I you know, that shit out of somebody telling me I need to work you harder. Need to do it on your own. <laughs> I was actually just having this conversation, a uh, similar conversation with one of the choreographers uh, from I'm doing the musical cabaret. And uh, we were talking about how the biggest compliment you can get as a performer is having the choreographer say, I need you to pull back a little bit because that means you are going a hundred and above percent of what you need to be doing and they love it. But at this point, I need you to pull back versus as you're saying, no, um, I need more out of you. Um, everybody, I just need you to step. I just need you to step into what it is that 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 is a slap in the face. Where other people, but you know, but the funny thing is so many people, it's an ego thing. And I don't know where it comes from that. If someone's like, Hey, so I need you to, that's great. But I need you to pull back. Like, Oh my God, I did something wrong. It's just like, no, you were doing what they wanted you to do. But at that point, it's just, they need, they need a different dynamic. So enjoy the fact that you are going above and beyond 
Now, okay, let, let me let me preface that with as well. If you ODing, if you overdoing, <laughs> there's a there, there's a there, too much. There, yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, you don't want to be like Tequila from uh, Making the Bad, where Laura was like, Tequila, too much, too much nag, like, too yeah. much. There, there's a there's a difference between having to pull back because you are performing than just ODing and doing too much just everywhere and not being controlled. Right. Like <laughs> and when you when you do that much, there is there is uh it highlights a sense of insecurity and and uh, also ego. It's just like I need to do more because I don't you know there's you're kind of overcompensating. Yep. For it's so much harder to to to, to finesse and refine yes. and hold, you know, and really sort of make something drag slower, or mm-hmm. you know, or, or there's this there's being simplicity is challenging. Less is best. Less is best, and honestly, it's so much easier for somebody to take somebody who's so full out and go let's take it down then to get somebody who's not giving you enough and you're going like more i need more i need more and they think they're giving more and you're like you know what it's just (laughs) you're you're not doing what i need you to do and so i always rather get you know give me the ones that are going to full full out Mm -hmm. and then i can i can work with you on refine it exactly like you said refine it just like you said refine it and that shit is harder to do that yep and, and uh but you know but sometimes yeah sometimes you want to go to a full hour <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right so we're I in eyesore yeah <laughs> where you like y'all can't see this but where you just you stop you can't you're not really breathing you look inside the side like is anybody what is it's too much. It's too much. You're too much. Too much. <laughs> that's what you don't. That's that sound is what you never want to hear, especially from the East Coast. It's too much. You're too much. Why are you? Oh, why are you doing so much? <laughs> too much. All right. So we're so we're in 2005, 2006 right now. You just got signed with Clear. 2005. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. What was mm-hmm. your first job that you booked after signing with Clear? Shazam. <laughs> I can tell you. Oh no. Okay, wait. I could I can give you the first. Mm, I mean, that year was a pretty cool year. Cause I got um I did a Panasonic industrial with Adesala. Mm-hmm. And uh he was choreographing. We went to Germany for 10 days, I think it was. Um, I did a, a a Hershey's Take 5 pilot commercial. Uh, when, when Hershey's Take 5 first came out, the candy bar was like yeah. caramel. And, uh, and that was funny. Um, and then I would probably say the biggest thing I, I in that first year with them um, was dancing Fatima what is happening with Fatima? She had just hired me. I auditioned for the VH1 Hip Hop Honors, 2005. Mm-hmm. VH1 Hip Hop Honors. And, uh, or wait, so we're going to talk about too much. So, uh, <laughs> we, it was at Faisal's in, uh, 
this flamenco studio. We're auditioning and uh, and we're learning the combo and we're doing it. And she comes up to me, you know, and I used to be like a full on dance, like, like tongue out and like facials. <laughs> and she came up to me, told me, fix my face. She's like, it's too much. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean it's too much? And she's like, it's just too much on the face. I need you to tone it down just a second, just a little bit. And I was like, girl, but that's my face. She goes, I need you to tone it back. Just, and I was like, fine. And, uh, you know, I booked the job, but, you what know, job was, was it? Uh, it was um, the VH1 Hip Hop Honors, uh-huh. 2005. So we were honoring Big Daddy Kane. And uh, Big Daddy Kane, Salt and Pepper, and In uh, Vogue was there. Um, so I performed with In Vogue and Salt and Pepper. And then, um, and then the main, the headline of the of the performance was uh, the tribute to Big Daddy Kane at mm-hmm. the end. So I danced with Common, Jared Grimes, and myself were dancing with him. First time I even knew that Common was a dancer because uh, he started doing windmills in the show. <laughs> yeah, he used to be a b boy. <laughs> Little did you know, and people didn't know that, and he surprised every single one of us doing windmills in the middle of the show. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, the amount boys were there. It was, uh, uh, Adrian, um, and, uh, uh, oh man, I forgot his name. Um, blanking on his name. But anyway, okay. they choreographed with Fatima. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, it was a good time. Nice. Uh, so that was one of the first jobs that I did with clear. That was like mm-hmm. the main, one of the major jobs. So those three were, were it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, then I booked this show with uh, me and Michaels for, um, for Greece. Okay. So, me and Michaels is a famous contemporary choreographer. Correct. How did you, coming from disco salsa, Manage a contemporary <laughs> audition, right? You know this this non this non classically trained uh, little street kid going into audition for Mia. Uh, my agency uh, with Clear at the time uh, they were having a um, like a one year anniversary of the of the agency, mm. and I went they had an open bar. We were drinking, and then my boy Tech. Uh, told me about the audition for uh, me and Michaels, and he was like, "I was like, what the fuck is that?" You know, and she was big at the time. <laughs> done the French, she was you think, and I was like, "Who the hell is me and Michaels?" Um, told me about the job it was for this Greek artist, Anna VC. She's considered the Madonna of Greece, just massive. Okay, big part. And uh, and so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go." It was the next day, and um, hungover. <laughs> Walk into this audition, and uh, and I mean, I walk into this room full of exquisite, exquisite dancers, exquisite from Juilliard, Alvin Ailey. I mean, just exquisite. And I didn't know what I was getting myself into until I started doing the combo, the routine. And it was uh, it was a contemporary routine. And I've never, I've never taken a contemporary class. I've maybe taken a ballet class once when I was a child because my aunt was a ballerina. So I. I would watch her, her, her recitals. And I think I took one class and I said, I'm never doing this ever again in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and, 
But I went in there and, you know, this is when it comes where, where the dance is very easy for me. You know, this was one of those moments where it just kind of clicked and I tapped into the, into my ability without even knowing what I was doing. And, uh, and I went through the entire audition again, I'm going to emphasize on the hungover part because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that day. And, um, I got the call back and then, um, and then I booked the job and it changed my life. It was the first time that I was ever asked to close my eyes and like imagine being in another world or like, ex- or, or explore movement outside of what I was already used to. And, uh, and it changed my entire perspective on dance, which in turn changed the way that shifted the way that I approached, approach dance now, mm-hmm. you know? It's completely opened up my eyes on a whole nother level. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, you know, I did the job in Greece. Uh, and, uh, and then after that, I, I, I worked with Cirque. She choreographed for Cirque, got me on to do Cirque as well for a year. Um, stop. So that was a real stop. Stop. How do you literally go from, Disco Salsa, partner with your cousin to booking a contemporary job to doing right. Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. I mean, the stars align, man. The stars align. I, being introduced to Mia really changed my life because she saw something in me that uh, really, really shifted my entire the entire trajectory of my life in dance. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she, she was the one that really helped me tap into a part of me that I didn't know existed. You know, she kind of unlocked this, this thing, this power inside of me. And, um, and, uh, you know, so she, she's somebody that I would say top three people in my life that really has, uh, that, 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 played a major role in how I approach my life as a, as an artist, mm-hmm. not even as a dancer, as an artist. And, um, you know, and so after I did Cirque, well, I'm sorry, uh, when I, after I went to Greece, I was there for five months. She was choreographing the new Cirque show at the time, Delirium. And, uh, and they needed to, when we got back from Greece, they needed to replace a couple of dancers in the show. And she called and she called me and said, Hey, I want to book you and Teddy, who was also with me in Greece. You're booking. Yeah. But I need you to come to the audition because casting needs to see you. But I, I, we, I want to book you. I said, Okay. We go to the audition. Teddy and I smoke quick drunk before we go upstairs. And, uh, and we, we do this audition. And it was, uh, kids, one of the most exhausting things I've ever had to do. Kids do not. Go to auditions hungover. Do not. I know. What do I sound like right now, right? What do I sound like? I'm just realizing that the story before this, I was hungover. And now that this story, I'm like going in just smoking a joint. Like, what? Who am I? (laughs) I'm joking. Continue. But But you know what? Real quick, the 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 alcohol hangover might have helped you go into that extra world because your mind was loose. 
you weren't too coherent in the first place. You're like, I'll go wherever you want me to go. It's cool. I'm just chilling. Right. But you know what? It did help. But I will tell you this, though, that I was definitely um, trying to, like, get the right light because yeah. I'm in the sun. You know what I mean? But now we got, like, this little situation. But anyways. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it actually, uh, I was I was thirsty the entire time. I was like, <laughs> I remember that so clearly. I was thirsty thirsty and going, I'm going to pass out if I don't get moisture <laughs> in my body. Because I just had the worst cotton mouth. And she had us going across. The, one of the exercises she had us do in the audition, she, she said, all right, I want you to move across the floor uh, like you're on a conveyor belt, but you're getting electrocuted. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you move across the floor like you're on a conveyor belt? Like You be high? moving on its own in order for that to happen so we had to imagine that you know but that was the kind of shit that she would have us do you know and that's what i mean like it shifted my my way of thinking in in the way that you know art is whatever you make of it and as a dancer you know our imaginations are just you, know, you can do anything you want you can emulate you can you can act you can mm-hmm. um and, and so um yeah so we did that and i booked a job of course, and uh, went on tour with Cirque for a year, which was awesome. I ran over the circus for an entire year. And I tell you that it was one of those experiences where I wish every every dancer experiences because um, because I was an artist for the first time. I was being mm. treated like an artist in, with Cirque. Valued. I, I was valued. Thank you. I was, I was trying to find the right word. Uh, valued. I was valued as, a, as, as an entity, not just you know, not just an extra body on stage. Mm-hmm. And which is what, as dancers, we're, we're, we're constantly being used as, you know, here, get behind this artist and dance. Oh, you got to look exactly like this person. Oh, you can't overshadow the artist. Oh, you know, and then, you know, no insurance, no physical therapist, no, no, uh, you know, you're not really being taken care of. And then you work with some, with a company like Cirque du Soleil, where you are the show, you are what people are paying to go see. Mm-hmm. You're not going you know, they're not paying to see an artist with you behind them. They're paying to see you and everybody else on that stage together as a unit. And so I had health insurance with Cirque. I had, you know, I was getting paid good money at the time. I was getting per diem. We would get doctors. We would get, you know, if we needed a a prescription, it would have somebody come in and, you know, and, and, you know, it was just, it was just, we were being, we were, I felt like an artist. And I think that also changed the the trajectory of my of of or at least the way I was I thought of myself mm-hmm. uh, as an artist because at that point I said I'm worth more and there, this just proved it to me. Say it again. You're what? I'm worth more. Know your worth, just, y'all. Know your worth. Know your value. And that, just proved, that just proved it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I know I know there's a funny story that I really want you to tell about uh what Cirque was looking for. Cirque auditions go for three days normally. You know, they go through an entire process of of elimination, you know. And the way that Cirque works is you audition for Cirque, but not for something specific. Mm-hmm. You they uh, the way they used to do the auditions is they would audition you and then they'd keep you on file. So whenever a show came up, they would go, okay, who would fit right? And so they would just pick people 
Um, and so you might audition for Cirque now and then not book a show for um, 10 years. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, but in this case, they needed to get somebody quickly. So our audition was only a couple of hours in the day. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that they wanted to see was our flexibility, which I do not have an ounce of. And uh, so <laughs> they, they had us go walk forward and, and, and do a couple of splits, front, left, and right. And everybody's giving splits and even hyperextended splits. And I'm like, oh. Like, am I going to go embarrass myself right now? So walk up, you know, hey, my name is Noel. I'm with da 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 And so I do my first split. If you, you know, it was more like an acute angle, you know. It was like this. <laughs> uh, He's holding two fingers up and splitting him and that's his split. That's my split. That was my split. Uh, it it, it might have maybe like, it might have maybe done that, but that's about it. I was like, and this is me verbally telling her, I was like, this is all you're going to get. I go to the side. It was like that. I said, that's all you're going to get. And I go to the other side and I was like, that's all you're going to get. I scoop my way up and I was like, thank you very much. And I walk away. And you and booked, booked it. Job. And you booked the job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And it was one of the most coolest experiences of my life. Um, with them for a year. Then I left and uh, I didn't want to do it anymore. I was just kind of bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to do other things. And uh should have stood because I went broke six months later. But then I went back with them in uh, in July. I was working with Daddy Yankee. And then I went back with them. And then in this, in November, I went back with them again for the European leg. And I was with them for about another four or five, four months until I bought my one-way ticket to LA in 2008. Okay, hold on. We're going to back up a little bit. Uh, it's pretty dope that even though you decided to leave after a year, they kept calling you to come back for extended runs in your position, even though you didn't have any flexibility and you had just five months prior learned how to do contemporary with Mia. You were, but you were, you were a specialty case. You. I was a specialty case. I was a specialty case. It. Yeah. Well, you know what? They call me back too, because they didn't, you know, it would cost them more money to get somebody else to relearn the entire show again. And so they just knew with me, it's like, all right, let's just call him back because he knows the show. He just has to come back, you know, kind of get caught up uh, a day or two and then into the show. And even six months later, uh, it was just, I, I relearned it like that and uh, and went right back in. And um, and I got more money every time I went back. Know um, your worth and know you are actually not replaceable. That's why you are there and nobody else is there because yeah. no one can do what you do and how you do it. So even though somebody's right. like, oh, there's 15 of you behind waiting for this job. That's great. You called me. You didn't call them. So you obviously want me. For right. Something. Right. And uh, and it was great because I knew what I had. Also, funny you say that, because mm-hmm. when I first got this job, I um, I'm going to let you in a little secret. Um, I never told it, but, you know, my agent worked this out for me. So I ended mm-hmm. up getting this and my agent worked it out. And I ended up I, I was I don't forget what I was making at the time when I first mm-hmm. got with them. But every time I got called back, they just called me directly. They never went through my agent. So I kept on bumping my rate up every single time. And I knew that I can do that because they needed me, you yep. know? And, you know, and I, and every time I bumped it up, it was like, you know, they didn't want to, but they knew that it was better just for them to just do it and get me on. So the second time I went, I bumped it up another like 200 bucks. And when I went back again, I said, well, you want me again? You got to bump up my rate. And so I ended up bumping up my rate 
a couple of hundred dollars again for the third run of the uh, of my stint with them. Uh, know your worth. You know, I just knew. I was like, I, I, you know, there was that fear of they might not, they, they might say no and just go with somebody else, but fuck it, let me just try it. And so I did. And because uh, I knew, I just knew, I said, you're not going to get anybody else and you want me to come on the, on the show. So just pay me what you're going to pay me. The, the show's making millions anyway, so. Right. And it's right. making millions, not specifically because of me, but because of me, because as you said, I'm the actual artist. I'm not backup right now. Yeah, and it was great. It was. I wish every, I wish every dancer can experience that level of of value, uh, towards them. And because- I will, I will actually add to that. I wish that producers understood what that value that valuation means, because mm-hmm. even if you are dancing with an artist, the reason why the artist has us there is because we're adding value to that show and that performance or whatever it is that they're doing. So you yeah. need us there. Yeah. So yeah. put some mup respect on my mup name and pay me what you owe me. Pay up! Let's go! <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but you know what? It's it's those companies are great. And I, and I, yeah. You know, I wish that every dancer could experience at least once in their lives. So they, they, now we put so much work and sweat and you know and uh, money and uh, into into our craft. You know yeah. where you know where people go to school for four, four, five, eight years to learn a a trade to then you know go off and 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 do their careers for the rest of their lives. You know we're always learning. Like I I feel like as an artist and as a dancer, it's we are constantly in the cycle of 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 learning you know we're always in the cycle of investing in our craft you know learning investing and developing and developing because you you have to adjust to everybody's style everybody's not the same it just never stops for us you know and i and and i think that you know that goes back to that um you know as an artist you know whatever you learn or develop as an artist and and those and, and the things that you you you, you kind of put yourself through is you could you could you can do anything with that you know what i mean it's they're just valuable tools and yeah. uh um you know but we just, we're never we never stop we never stop we never stop you know there's always you know we want to do a project we've got to put our own money in we want to mm-hmm. do you know this, you know we're always investing i gotta get a costume you know it's like yep. there's always you know it's it, you're always paying to do what you got to do to do your job yep Ugh. So. Buying new outfits just for a damn audition. <laughs> Look, I don't mind. I don't mind going shopping from time to time. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't mind no, going I don't shopping pair, either. I buy a but... pair of socks, and I'm like, it's, it's. I'm writing it off as costume. It is, you know. <laughs> We've it all is. Done. Everything in my closet is my costume. You yeah, know? it's true though. So. It is. It is very, very true. I still do the same shit over here in Sweden. Like, listen, I need to buy this because I might use it for a show. I might use it for a commercial. You never know. I have to use it. I have to wear this to an audition so that I can get booked. So I'm writing shit off. Thank you very much. Try to get off. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we, Lorianne, (laughs) 
Lorianne tells you to fix your face. You book the job. Uh, no, uh, that's uh, Fatima. Oh, Fatima. Sorry. I don't know where Fatima I got Lorianne from. Yes. Yeah. Fatima. Cause, oh, cause we talked about Lorianne with the, so Fatima, Fatima tells you to fix your face. And it's really funny because Fatima is like the, not the antithesis of uh, Lorianne, but Fatima is very, I like you, but change. That's it. And walks away. Like, it's like, it's like coded goddess that's words. Yeah. That's all you yeah. And it's the most intimidating thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, holy shit, you know? So Fatima tells you to fix your face. You book the VH1 honors. Then you do, you go into another audition with Mia Michaels. She, she teaches you uh, contemporary that you've never done important your foot before, but you booked the job. And then from working with her for five months in Greece with the Greek Madonna, you then, she then decides to call you. You know what? You non-technical contemporary uh, disco salsa mofo from the street oh from dancing in Harlem. I need you to do Cirque with me. So right. I'm, I want to hire you, but just come to the audition because casting needs to see you which right. has, and your non-flexibility. But we're going to hire right. you for a year contract that you're going to decide not to do anymore. But we're going to keep calling you back each time right. we need somebody. And then right. you go broke for six months. Honey. What happened in the six months? Nothing. I just... Again, <laughs> <laughs> me and dancing in my room. So I was doing it for six months. Did you get another job at Pathmark? At another Pathmark? Or? No, I just, I just burned through all the money I made. And uh, and then, you know, summertime came and I booked Daddy Yankee and Cirque again. And, you know, it was... <sighs> and then... Yeah. All right, right, right. And then you said you booked a one-way ticket to LA. To LA, yes. Yeah. And then I moved here April 2008 and, you know... Moved in with uh, my friend Ruthie mm-hmm. and uh, been here since. And, uh, you know, that summer was interesting because I try to start classes here on my own. I try to teach out here. Nobody knew me, but, you know, New York, New York State of mind. I hustled and said, okay, I'm going to make it <laughs> And, uh, you know. And I'm going to do what I do. I, I'll do what I do. That's it. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I came here and... Uh, I, I wanted to teach in studios, but nobody wanted to hire me. So I, I decided to invest my own money and started my own classes. And and uh, within six months, I was broke again because nobody was showing up. You know, and I and I invested so much money in it, and uh, it was it was. Did you say six weeks uh, or six months? Six months. Okay. Yeah, and I was working. It just money wasn't coming right away. Uh, so I kind of just burned through sixteen grand in six months. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. You know, I, I wish, to be honest, Mike, like I wish that, you know, we're always being taught how to dance, how to perform, you know, how to audition and, mm-hmm. you know, what's needed and, you know, and, and resume and style and pictures. And, you know, I wish that uh, people were taught how to, uh, you know, financial literacy, you know, mm-hmm. how to manage your money um, because it's never, you're going to go through phases where you make money and then you're going to go through phases where all of a sudden it stops. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do with your money? And I wish when I first did, you know, those, uh, when I first went to Greece and, and, and Cirque, I wish I knew that because I would have understood how to manage my money, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I made that much money at the time. 
you know, at 22 years old, you know, I made almost close to almost six figures in a year. And I never even imagined that I would do that, make that much money at that age. And within months I was broke. You know, I wasn't putting money away. I wasn't investing Mm -hmm. in things that, uh, that could potentially have value in the future. And, um, and it, uh, it sucked because there was a moment where I told, I said, where did my money go? I feel like I worked all of this and I have nothing to show for it. And so I wish more people went into uh, programs or at least sought out financial literacy, understanding how to manage your money as an artist. You know what? I wish agencies had that as workshops. If you're going to sign with us, we're going to teach you how to be financially literate. Because you're going to get some, you're going to get some major page, especially for the young ones that move from these small little towns or from the city or from a big city and like have no clue what the, what the LA lifestyle hustle lifestyle is. And it's like, so these are the things, but like you said, so we need your headshot. We need your resume. We need to be in this format and this. And at the same time you need to take, because they all have an accountant. They all have the person. That, like, so Absolutely. you need, so we're going to do a, we're going to do a one day workshop or whatever you want to call it, lecture on how to be uh, financially literate when you get your first, when you get your first national commercial paycheck, when you get your first non-union paycheck, whatever it is that you understand. That's a clear MSA, go-to talent, movement agency, block, block, whoever else is out there. Listen up, y'all. Y'all need to incorporate this as a learning experience for any new talent that you sign shit you need to do it for some of your old ass talent too you have an entire roster get in there and we can do it just like this yeah you know sign up we're gonna do a zoom we're gonna do a zoom class a zoom meeting and lecture on how to financially be stable how yeah. to take money know what to do with it know how much to put away no and you know what it doesn't take much and honestly, once you once you get all the information, you do what you want with it. But honestly, I wish it's I wish it was something. You know, you learn how to use QuickBooks, learn how mm-hmm. to use you know, learn how to manage, learn how to write things down. You know, it, it's it's so important, Mike, because so many of us go broke. So many yeah. artists and dancers go broke because Especially- they just don't know what to do with their money, and you know, it's expensive living in LA. It's expensive living in New York. And, you know, nobody wants to live in, you know, in the hood, 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 because it's, you know, that's where you're going to find your most affordable apartments. But again, that's, it's, you want to live somewhere to make a living, but you're still not making enough to, to live. And so at least having a little information a little bit on how to manage, right? You got this, let's put some of this away. Especially when it comes to taxes, because nobody, because we're independent artists. We only do W-2s, not W-2s, W-4s, whatever the freak they are. Uh, W-9s. W-9s, two, four, nine, sort of shit. You're an independent artist, you got to pay your tax at the end of the year. And you want to save money. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, I made this amount of money, I made this amount of money. Oh, I got to pay 10,000 at the end of the year. Where am I getting that from? Right. Cause you actually didn't make that. That was part of your taxes were in there as well, but nobody told you that. So you went and spent, spent, spent. Right. Now you got to come up with 10,000 at the end of the year on April 15th and you can't be late with it. Right. Mm. 
you know, and I just think it's, it's, it's important. We need that. Yeah. We need that. And I think if I would have learned that at a, at a younger age and look, granted, I went through that shit and now I'm a smarter man. You know what I mean? Right. It's, you know, I, I've, I've, I've crossed that hurdle and, uh, and, uh, been in situations where I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Am I, am, do I have to go get a regular job now just to pay my rent, just to do, you know, pay my car payments and, um, and luckily, uh, you know, it turned around for me. You know, I, mm. I, I, I was at a moment where I was sitting one time at the studio and I was negative in my account and, um, and I was, I was stressed, stressed. Do I have to now go back to getting a regular job? Do I got to move back to Jersey? Do I have to? And for me, I mean, for anybody, yes, make a living. Like at the end of the day, you have to do what you have to do to survive. For me, it wasn't an option. I'm not going back. I've already started a career. I'm not going to go ahead and work other jobs to sustain a career. Right. That, 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 that to me didn't make any sense. And, uh, and I've been doing it for three years and now I'm in a position where I have to now consider trying to get a job at a store or at a restaurant. Just to, no. And, you know, I was bugging out and I got a call from my agent that same, that same moment. Hey, no, you got a check here waiting for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was like, I was something. I was like, I'm going to go get it right now. But I tell you, man, it, it, that moment changed the entire, the entire way I thought of money, how I make it and what power I have. I let it have over me mm-hmm. because the second that happened, it was like, oh, it's going to show up. You just have to not give it as much power. And that's what I did is I said, I'm going to bust my ass. At the end of the day, we live in a world where we need to make money to make a living, you know, to, to survive and live, unfortunately. So yes, I'm going to bust my ass to, 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 to be financially uh, stable, but I'm also not going to give it its power to make me, you know, to, to have me in this position where I'm considering backtracking right? so that I could catch up again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play catch up for the rest of my life. Right. You know, and I, and this is my career, you know, you know, everybody, people go to college to start a career. Once you're out of college, you get a career, you move on with your life. You know, uh, this is my career. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go back to then have to, this is, that's, that's not work for me. Right. No. <laughs> again, and again, going back, to, going back to the, I had to change the, the, the narrative of my family's story. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, that's always in my mind. Always, always. You know, I have, I live in a humble apartment in Hollywood. You know, it's hella cheap, which is great, you know, but at the end of the day, I have everything that I need. And in my life, I am successful. In my family, I am successful. I have made a name for myself in a career that there's hundreds of thousands of other people in. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I have made a stamp for myself. And to me, that is, you know, I, I'm, I'm making my way, my strides to changing the narrative of my family's story you know and where we are and 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 the mark that we leave in this world because at the end of the day you know i want to be remembered i want to be timeless you know what i mean i Mm -hmm. want my name timeless i want my work to be timeless you know i want my work to live past me you know once i'm gone you're gonna know that years and years and years on end you know that you're gonna know my name you know and and that's just you know i don't want to be popular I just want my shit to I just want my shit to be effective and to be timeless. Oh.
you you said two wonderful things just now that I'm not sure are related, but they do come back to uh, something that I normally talk about. That I don't talk about. That comes up with almost every guest. One, the power that money has over you. Not over you, but the power you don't want money to have over you. And uh-huh. two, the legacy that you want to live. And so many of our contemporaries, we'll call them, are so driven by the money that they'll do anything to get that check. They will right. take any job. And it's not about leaving a legacy. It's about, oh, I like I would just do the job, just do the job just to get the money. And that goes right. into, again, knowing your value and your own worth and being authentic to yourself of what right. it is you stand for in your artistry. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, when we have to tap into survivor mode, mm-hmm. you know, we will do what we have to do to survive. And, um, you know, I think for the most part, those that are driven by, by the monetary successes of, of, of the job, uh, you know, sometimes I wish I had more of that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, motivation in me to 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 gain more fi- you know money in my life, but mm-hmm. um, you know I, I think there's a good balance in terms of my survival mode and also what I am most comfortable living in. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, I, have to, I still have to live with myself. You know, at the end of the day, I still I'm the one in my own thoughts and my own skin and my own body. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so. Um, you know, so many times when I first moved here, I could have, uh, I could have jumped into any click and uh, done the trends and stuff like that. And you know, would have my would my career been somewhere else? Absolutely. Would I've been, would I have reached what I wanted to reach, or at least a level of success quicker and sooner? I I truly believe so. If I did that, but I knew the kind of uh, mark I wanted to leave, and I knew that at the end of it, I needed to feel okay with where I was and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I knew that it was going to catch on eventually. Um, if I tell you that if, if one thing, if there was one thing that living in LA and being in this career has taught me is patience. Mm-hmm. Because I've had the patience, I've had the patience to wait it out and do my own thing and wait to see what was going to happen if I did my own thing. Mm-hmm. Because if I just jumped here, I would have, you know, yes, I would have per- furthered my career. But, you know, just. At what cost? At what cost to yourself? Shoes. Right. And you know what? And I know. And at the end, it's like, I know what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to do what I do. Develop my own vibe, my own mm-hmm. style with everything that I'm learning. Uh, and eventually, you know, it catches on. And if it doesn't, okay, you know, but it's at the end, I feel happy with where I am. And, uh, and nobody does what I do. So nobody can do what you do, boo. <laughs> nobody does what I, what I do. So it, How you um, do it, why I you do, do it, anything. where you do it. You know, and I don't, and I don't ever, I never, you know, what I do is not brand new. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm just authentic with what I do. Keyword, authenticity. 
Yeah, but I'm also aware of what's new. I also am aware of what's popping. I also, uh, I'm aware of what's effective. And so that would never go out of style. You know, style would never go out of style. Yeah. And, and it's what I, it's what I, what, what I thrive on is authentic style, you know, just being, you know, giving people what they want uh, without them even knowing that they wanted it. Right. You know, and and it's not reinventing the way I'm doing everything. Nothing's new. I've done it. You know, it's just making it fresh again, reminding them that this works. You know, this works. So let's talk about your style a little bit right now. So your style is, I don't want to say it's, I don't want to say unique, individualistic. I don't want to try and put a moniker on what you do, but it's very stylized. And how, like, you were struggling with teaching classes at first. No one was coming because you were new and everything. How did that, because now you're teaching everywhere. You're like with T. Millie, you're back in uh, BDC in New York. You're still in LA. You're doing the uh, convention circuit. All of it. All of it. Yeah. So planting those seeds, man. Planting those seeds. Yeah. <laughs> patience. patience, patience, patience. Plant those seeds. So let's talk about let's talk about this Janet Throb uh, combo you did because I remember I remember seeing I'm number one I'm not on social media that much so it's very interesting for me to see both the beginning and the end of it. So I saw the rehearsal video in this like two by two studio. That reminded me of Studio, what was it, C at Debbie Reynolds in the front by the... Uh, that was actually Studio B at Evolution yeah. that you saw. Yeah. Funny. Uh, the studios that nobody ever wanted to be in, but you had to do your carnival piece in there. But I was like, give me that one now. That's what I want. And I'm like, yo, they are killing the spacing in that. And then I saw the performance of it and how small the stage was and was like, I get it. If you can work that space, you can work this space. And it was uh, just being clean. Right. Thank you. It was one of my favorite numbers to create for sure. Have you, yeah, have you done any of the carnivals? Have you done pieces in carnival? Oh my God. I've been doing, I've done carnival since 2005 in New York. Ah, uh-huh. what I've, about, what about on the LA scene? Okay. Ooh, okay. Hold on. In New York, where you perform or choreographer? Both. Okay. Yeah, I did my first uh, as a performer and then uh, my first as a choreographer out there. Then when I came to LA, I did a few as a choreographer in LA and a few as a dancer as well. I performed at a few of my friends. Um, but I've done a few memorable ones in, in LA. There was one that I did uh, uh, based off, the idea was based off uh, the movie Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it to Dennis Ferrer's song, Hey, Hey. Uh, and then, and then I did one to, it was a movie night. You know, they do like themes. It was a movie mm-hmm. night. And I did a Brokeback Mountain to Gorilla by Bruno Mars. Ooh. And that was one of, one of the most memorable ones uh, from the show. Yeah. Nice. Right? Did, <laughs> did any of the carnivals, carnival pieces, showcases, uh, have an influence on your trajectory as a choreographer? When I did, when I did Hey Hey, the mm-hmm. Beautiful Mind one, which I believe was in 2000 and oh, probably 2010, 
10 when mm-hmm. I did that number. That one, I think in particular, shifted something inside of me as a choreographer mm-hmm. because it was, uh, you know, I'm a storyteller. I like to tell stories. And, um, you know, for the most part, when you look at numbers, they're usually just a bunch of songs spliced together and then you just dance, dance, yeah. dance, dance. Yeah. You know, um, I want to be able to put on a show. Like I want to, I want, I, as a choreographer, I, I want the audience to be engulfed in the world that we're giving them. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. entertaining, but also um, for me, understanding that half the audience out there is not going to know their left from their right. You know, you know, they're not uh, 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 fluent in the language of dance uh, per se as what, as a dancer is. So, but what, what are we fluent in? You know what I mean? As people, you know, emotion, um, colors, visuals, lighting, mood, story. Uh, and so, uh, when I did that number, it was, you know, I did this whole sort of, uh, you know, this guy had, uh, you know, he was seeing images in his head, these characters. And so we kind of went through this entire story throughout, um, in dance uh, throughout the, the stage. Um, and I added, I think it was a little bit of whacking, a little bit of house, a little bit of, you know, it's just a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, a, I think that was the, I would say that that was the, in terms of carnival numbers, that was the one that made me go, oh, this is where I want to go. Mm-hmm. That was more, I was like, this is kind of where I, where I see myself. Something clicked, something clicked the way that it was put together. And, uh, you know, and it uh, it's one of my favorite ones to date. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then the Throb. Throb was for Jete. And, uh, What's Jete? It's another showcase. Uh, Tiffany Billings uh, does it every month. And she does it at, uh, at a smaller club in West Hollywood, uh, which does the smaller stage. Now it's bigger, um, but the stage is bigger. But at the time, it was a tiny-ass stage. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite numbers, hands down. Nice. Still, you know, I put it up, and that one has got me a lot of jobs. <laughs> uh, when did you When did you do that, though? Say it again. I did that in number twenty nineteen. Okay. Inspire. Yeah. Beginning of the year, we get a part of February twenty nineteen, and mm-hmm. it's got me a couple of gigs. Nice. So, speaking of twenty nineteen and gigs. Right after that, in 2020, you started choreographing for a new artist. Yes. Uh, 2021. Was it 2021? After yeah. the pandemic. Duh. Yeah, yeah. Y'all yeah. well, like shut down. Day. Nobody was uh, doing nothing yeah. in the US in 2020. <laughs> uh, well, no. Actually, 2020 was one of my best years. As really? A, as a, yeah. I thrived in 2020. You know, all these... I was, I was teaching a bunch of virtual classes and... You know, as a, as a as a dancer, we're always like hustling for the next job, mm-hmm. and I would say eighty percent of our of our job is looking for the work. You know, we're always looking for the job and sending emails and doing this and that. And that was the first time that I never had to, I didn't have to do that. At that point, I planted every seed possible, and when the pandemic hit, everybody came to me, teaching, okay. choreography, do name it. I was like, this is awesome. Uh, but then twenty twenty one came, and I got a call from my agent. Uh, there's an artist called Kim Petras who wants, um, she wants to learn how to Vogue. Mm-hmm. That was the initial conversation. And I Vogue, you know, I, mm-hmm. do I consider myself a Voguer? I would say no, but mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm fluent in the style, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and uh, I, I, I'm a whacker, I'm a Voguer. Um, and 
what I could say, I, I would say I'm more of a whacker than a voguer. Mm-hmm. Um, but my agent was like, she wants to know how to Vogue. She just wants to train. Like, and I kind of put your name down. And I was like, sure, go for it. I was like, tell her that I also whack too. And so she was just looking for somebody to train her. And, uh, she hired me and, uh, we were training for about two weeks in, in voguing. And, uh, you know, with, and with, and, and with that style in particular, mm-hmm. especially with that one, you just have to be very specific and, uh, you know, you can't, uh, you can't, um, what do you call that? Can't fake it because the kids will come for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, you know what I mean? And it ain't going down right. The kids will, the kids will, will come. It's a child. And I'm like, right. And you're not coming for me. So, <laughs> you know, and then she realized that it wasn't working for her. You know, she learned some stuff and she was like, I don't know. This is a lot. And then I said, let me teach you how to whack. And honey, she started whacking and she loved it. And, um, you know, cause with whacking, you can kind of, you can learn the fundamentals of it and the technique and, but then incorporate it into anything. You can kind of throw it into things, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, with whack, you know, whereas voguing is a little bit more particular, it's more specific. And so, um, but I started teaching her and then little by little, I just became a choreographer and, uh, and then I, I worked with her for an entire year. You kind did of, her music video. You did the European did, the European uh, Awards. Her first first festival back, which was Lollapalooza. I did an entire hour set. Um, I had to go back to all her old songs, and she wasn't a dancer. You know, she it, she she had very strong stage presence, uh, and she could she has mo- she had moments, but she wasn't a dancer. And so I spent months. We spent months training. So mm-hmm. I was training how to dance. I was training her how to understand how to use her body, understand how to, you know, you know, own it, you know, mm-hmm. she had the presence. It was just the coordinations. And so, um, you know, we spent months doing that and thank God, because then once we started doing all the shows and videos, it, it, it was easier for her to, you know, as part of her development process as, a, as an artist, you know, she's mm-hmm. already done stuff before she's already solidified herself as an artist, but now this was a whole new chapter. And, you know, she never had danced the way that, I was bringing dance to her. Right. And, uh, you know, and it took her to a whole nother stratosphere. You know, we did Lollapalooza. I did two music videos, the MTV VMAs pre-show, also the EMAs. She headlined She headlined the EMAs a couple of months later. You know, and I, those were some of the most monumental parts of my early choreography stages mm-hmm. now where I am, you know, and, uh, and working with an artist and helping develop somebody like her mm-hmm. was, you know, it was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Nice. So, which do you have? Mm, how can I present this question? Do you lean? So, as 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 I mentioned as well, you're doing a lot of the a uh, lot of teaching, a lot of the conventions. You're teaching kids a lot, uh, and you have a lot of fun with that. Do you lean more towards the class or the choreography style? Or classical choreography. There's there's a lot of balance. There's balance in it. Mm-hmm. I love what I do as a dance teacher, and I love everything I do as a choreographer. And I approach each one with a you know with a little bit of of the latter in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a, a, when I teach dance, it's you know I, I use it as a space to be creative. Yeah. Um, but also as a choreographer, there's a lot of it that uh, you know um, you know I approach a lot as a teacher as well. I love it. I love what I do in 
in all aspects of what I do in my career. I finally found this like balance in my life where they know what, you know, people know what I do as a dancer. Yeah. And, and I know what I love to do as a dancer. And so before where I was like, I'll just, you know, throw me in any audition. I'll just go in and do it. Now I'm just like, I know what I'm about. What's the job about? I'll do it. Or, I, you know, either I want to do it or, or I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I found this balance as a dancer and a performer. I found this, my, my magic as a dance teacher. Um, I've always loved to teach dance mm-hmm. and I've been dance for 21 years. And there's a, I know what I like to teach. I know what I can teach. Mm-hmm. And that's important for me. It's, I know what I'm capable of teaching you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to teach you something I don't know. And so everything that I've learned as a, uh, in my career and, you know, I, I developed a very sort of interesting, not an interesting, just a very unique sense of movement with my body and what I want people to know. And, um, I'm not teaching you a specific style. I'm just teaching you how to have style. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how I approach my dance and same thing with my choreography, you know, and, uh, and I found a really good balance with all of it, which is kind of nice. Blave and sabor. Blave and sabor. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's uh, any upcoming projects? Um, well, we start convention now coming up in December. Mm-hmm. So I start traveling the country, teaching the kiddos. Um, you know, I just did a job with uh, uh, for Sheen and Avril Lavigne a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Uh, with Ross Kapoor, uh, and, um, you know, things are, things are going good so far. Nice. Um, yeah, just, I have a couple of, uh, I start traveling and teaching and I have a couple of artists that I'm actually helping develop as well. Uh, and I think that's what I, as a choreographer, I, I love that part is the development part, mm-hmm. you know, good to have somebody, it's nice to have somebody who knows what they're doing and you just kind of give them the work, but you know, I've been working with artists. A lot of my time with artists, funny enough, has been the development pro- part of it, mm-hmm. which for many, you know, the amount of the amount that you learn as a choreographer, grabbing somebody from the bottom and just helping them come up to here is so what you learn is just I mean, you can't learn that with somebody with an artist who already has all their stuff together, you know, Started and, at the bottom. And, now we're here. Right. And I love that. I love getting artists that, that go, I want to do this and I want to do that. How can I make it happen? And I go, well, this is what we do. And I've been working with this artist, Tito Rey, who is a phenomenal vocalist. Um, and uh, I've been working with him for the last three years. And now we're, we're back on the, on the circuit. And he just did an open mic last night. And he has a show tomorrow. He has another show on the 18th. So we're kind of um, um, his, sort of like his creative guru so you know i direct his videos i'm his creative director i'm his choreographer i'm his dance teacher and so we have a very cool collaborative um relationship same thing with timo nunez mm-hmm. who's a flamenco dancer who now is you know he's he's has his own music and same yeah. thing you know i'm part <clears throat> of his creative choreographer his creative director and so and it's great because these are people that i genuinely love and they're genuinely passionate about what they do and they and they see the you know, they, they, they honor our relationship. They honor mm-hmm. what I do. And I'm such fans of what they do, which, you know, uh, makes, makes the job so much better. When you're a fan of the person you're working with, when you're a fan of what they do and, and their work, it's just, you, you invest yourself in so much more. Yep. Yeah. 
Your so, commi- your commitment level levels up. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I do. You gotta love. You know. You know how it is. It's yeah. Like you, you got what you do, man. If you don't love it, get the fuck out. Don't do it. Literally, next words in my mouth. If you don't love it, why are you doing it? Then get out. Don't. Ain't do nobody it. got time you for know, that. Honestly, and you can love it, but you also have to be. And, and here's a, on the on the flip side. You can love something a lot, but if you're not good at it, you know you have to also be real with yourself. Right. You know, be real with yourself. You have to open your eyes. You can't just always look from, you know, from, from with, with one eye open and the other eye closed. You got to really step out of yourself and go, is this really, yes, I love it, but am I, do I fit in this? Is it, am I good enough to, 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 to do it? Is there an ounce of me that really fits in this space? Right. And a lot of people aren't rude themselves, man. They just want to do it. You know, they go for it and you go, what are you doing? <laughs> But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. All right. So there's one more section I want to do before we wrap up. Um, My last name is Gamble. It's a wonderful last name. And so what I've done is I've bought a roulette table filled with 16 shot glasses. Each shot glass has a number on it that represents a question. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin the magic roulette wheel and it lands on a question and then you answer it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing, there's nothing shady. There's nothing like intimate or anything like that. It's just fun, stupid questions. And then, you know what, pretty soon I'm just going to start preparing people that they have to do a shot. Like you're going to have to have a shot prepared and then I'll tell you why and it would be here. Cause once we do the question, we do a shot, but we don't right. have to do that now. I know, I know you'd be oh. fine with it, Mister Hungover Cotton Mouth Audition. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're ending this live right now. Yes. <laughs> Are you game? Yes. Let's All go. right. Here we go. Magic roulette wheel. Magic roulette ball. Spinny, spinny, spinny. Round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Number zero. What's number zero? Right. Ooh, what's your worst celebrity experience? Oh, uh, <laughs> worst celebrity experience. Oh, okay. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go okay. Back. Um, I mean, I don't know if I had a horrible experience with with celebrities, mm-hmm. celebrities that I've worked with, or or just in general. Worst celebrity experience. If you can't think of one, you can say pass and we can try and do another one. Let's do another one. Okay. See, then you have to do another shot. Okay, it's fine. (laughs) See, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Round number two. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Round and round and round we go where it stops. Number 26. Oh. Watch we'll me another. Uh, what is your most hated dance move or trend throughout the years? Oh my god! Okay, remember this one? Uh, <laughs> the boom snatch. The, the boom crack. Oh. <laughs> hated it. Hated it. Hated it. And now it's like now it's it's so it used to be that one, and then now it's the um. Like the, the 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 stupid generic TikTok dances, you know. Uh, I'm on TikTok and I do I do dances all the time there, but I I 
I never do the TikTok dances, like the yeah. the, 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 the the viral trendy stuff. Yeah. But I hate I hate the just don't like the generic, the generic basic like that shit drives me crazy <laughs> crazy mike crazy and i think it's just it, it's not even just a particular move it's it's the it's the combination of basic generic moves that then go viral yeah and that and this but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to go along with the snatch grab i hated the fucking wobble it was just a dumbass wop that looked yeah. uncoordinated. Stupid. It was stupid. It was stupid. It, it was, was stupid. real. You look real dumb. Yeah. You look so dumb right you look now. Real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I hate too? And, and now we're going to go into this. You no, know, it's, please. It's, uh, it's not a dance move. It's just a dance approach. Like mm-hmm. you have sexual, like the, the overly sexual dances. You know, mm-hmm. we're all sexual human beings, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but when it's overly sexual, it it's cringy. You know what I mean? It's there and the, there's this um there's you kind of you're kind of crossing this line of well, I don't know how to make sex I don't know how to make sexy sexy, so I'm just gonna make it sexual and hoping that it's sexy, where it's like sensuality for me is 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 key like understand how to how to how to approach things in a sensual manner and it can still be sexy it can still be sexual without being provocative or without Mm -hmm. being you know extra with it and i think you know when it comes to dance i it's okay to think about the vibe and like where you want to live but understanding how to approach approach it in a way that is, you know, you got to give people the room to, to imagine. Yeah. The space to imagine. If you give it, you give it up too quick, honey, you know, there ain't nothing left. We go back to less is best. Less is best. You Tell know, me everything that, without saying anything. Yes. And understanding that being basic is very different than, than, than simplicity. <laughs> you know, ain't nobody want to be basic. You know what I mean? But simplicity at its best. Mm-hmm at its best and Listen. with that comes you know, understanding how to how to how to um uh evoke sensuality without being sexual you know um and so yeah that was I guess my was- i'm not sure if you remember but my burlesque classes at debbie reynolds that was my shit it was like stop trying to be sexy and use the sensuality of what is happening Listen. to say everything Listen. because then what you want to go ahead and you know, excuse my language, pussy pop on the floor. Yeah. You know, it's like you go, ma'am, we don't gotta do all that. Right. <laughs> leave leave something leave, leave something for me to imagination. Right. You know, least unless it's a job calls for it where you're like, all right, this is what we need to do. And I'm like, right. Um well, well, righty then. So the snatch grab. Which it didn't have a name, but that the, the snatch grab. I think it was like the boom crack, like the crack. It was called the crack crack. <laughs> <laughs> Just even saying it, it makes so you. Ugly. You know, the only person that I take that from is Tavares Wilson, because he'll dance and he'll like he'll dance and like he'll grab a moment. 
but he just knows how to do it right. But see, that's a- everybody. He just he does he he has a pass. But see, that's he has, the- he's always, he'll dance and be like boom, and he'll grab it, and I'll be like ah. Oh. But it's when they used to take it and go every every count was a. So um um before before I get myself into trouble, I'm going to move on from that situation because I'm gonna say some things that some people feel is going to be hurt. So we just gonna leave it there. Okay, yeah. fine, great. Because 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 this is <laughs> this is a family environment. Just our <laughs> 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 lies, the lies, the lization. Oh my god, the lies of Manelis. All right, the lies of Manelis. <laughs> All right, so let me ask you a question. How's Cabaret going? Cabaret is going super well right now. Thank you very much. We had, uh, for those that don't know, I'm currently in production in Sweden. We are doing the musical Cabaret. We had a premiere 1st of October. We play until the end of March. I am one of the uh, dancers, the Kit Kat dancers in the show. And my ass is just out everywhere on stage. And that's all. It's great. But yeah, we're having we're having a great time. It's the production we were supposed to do in 2020 that got canceled. So now we actually finally get to do it. And uh, we're sold out. And they're talking about maybe adding... I heard a rumor that they're talking about adding more shows because it's selling so well. Like, uh, I'm not getting paid for that. So if that's the uh, case... Right. Big better have my money. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't want to uh, pay. You want to add shows. You don't want to pay me. I'm gonna walk out. What you gonna do? Right, get out of here. No, no, <laughs> but no, no. It's we're no. having. I love my cast. I love my castmates. I love my colleagues. Love the show. Uh, great job to Becky Howell, my choreographer from England that came over. Uh, creative team James Greaves. My whole creative team was uh, British. Music director David White, uh, Lucy Osborne. Uh, costume and set design it's it's smashing so if you come over to sweden come see it got to come by march I'm have to. yeah uh, well let me look at my calendar i'm making it happen i, well, I gotta okay. i gotta go back to europe i haven't been back since 2019 so you know it's, uh, swing it's my way no. <laughs> all right before we go if people would like to find out more about well beyond thus Bahandas. Bahandas. Ba 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 bahandas. Ba 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 bahandas. No, Philip. <laughs> Has anyone ever done that to you? Um, not that one. Yeah. No. I'm original. No, I'm all thanks. You know yeah. yeah, I'm digging it. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find you? Where can they um well they can here? visit me on my website? I have uh That's B-A-J-A-N-D-A-S. Correct. N-O-E-L-B-A-J-A-N-D-A-S.com. Um and Instagram. It's all under the same name, Noel Bahandas. You know, I put everything up there and uh but yeah, everything's on my website and yeah. Why are you laughing? Because I'm mental. B-A-J-A-N-D-A. <laughs> you know what, Mike? This <laughs> was that was that done with this? Did that kill it for you? Actually, it was actually kind of good. Okay, thank you, thank you very much. That's okay, it. so you can find. <laughs> What's your TikTok, by the way? Same thing. No behind this. Branding. Everything is everything is branded with with my name. Mm. Easy again, to find. N O E. I almost started thinking it again. N O E L. B-A-J-A-N-D-A. 
Noel Bond. That's N O E L B A J A N D A S at on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, and his website. Um, and then if you're not doing it already, make sure you're following Gambles at Gambles Green Room on Instagram to stay up to date of all of my guests, some behind the scenes footage and some special video footage of the things that they've been doing or going to be doing. Um, and tell a friend, listen, like, and subscribe, all that good stuff. Noe, so great to see you, love. It's been forever. It feels like this made it feel like it hasn't been that long. The last good times. We need we need to do it again. We really need to do it we again. Do. We do. Absolutely. In another 10 years, when you know, and then we'll have another uh 10 years worth of stories to tell. Well, listen, we still we don't we don't have to wait that long. We have to wait. I was gonna long. say we don't have to wait that we need to get through half the stories that we could have gone through just now. I know. I know. I mean look. Yeah. We, All right, we, baby. We, we have stories to tell. Which is, we got stories. <laughs> we got stories. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you in a bit, baby. All right, baby. Love ya. <laughs> <laughs>